Welcome back to another episode of Can't Handle the Heat. It's your boy G Swizz, joined by Jokesy. Jokesy, how are we doing, brother? How are we doing? Thank you, Tina, for coming on. Micah, hopefully, will hop on. But before we get to that, we just want to give a quick shout out. We just released our new beanies and our new super, super premium athletic socks. If you want to rep the brand, if you want to be part of the boys here, link in the bio. They just dropped. It was on Friday. It was past Friday, and you're, and you're watching this. Thank you. Not just uh, any socks. Not just any socks. The athletic socks of the century. If you want to look like an absolute pineapple, on your head like this, and my boy Joe over there. Uh, many different styles you can wear it. But if you want to support the boys, link in the bio. But not just the solo dolos today. We got another. Well, we got another dolo on today. We got a fellow podcast host himself, a USA national team middle, currently playing professional in Poland. A man of both style and suave, the Taylor Averill. Taylor, thanks so much for hopping on the pod, man. Dude, thank you guys for having me, dude. First of all, I'd love. To, I'd like to say I, I love. I love the new gear, dude. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I love the new. I love the new gear. I think we should spend longer amount of time talking about it. To be quite honest with you, I think they're fucking awesome. I think they're so sweet. Uh, I want to know how much hair can you fit in that beanie, dude? Because honestly, when I look at it on your head, I just like the picture that you have like a massive set of dreads back there, but you don't, you know. But it fits. Is it dread friendly, I guess. Yeah, dread friendly, Rastafarian friendly. With that being said, let's go into our beanies just a little bit more. The beanies. I'm just kidding. Now I'm just messing. <laughs> Well, we gotta get you. I, hey, you know what I love about the beanies and socks? As a, they're gonna be on you in your next podcast. Uh, your next podcast. Episode. That's what I love most about them, personally. Dude, honestly, I'd be ha- I'd be happy to wear them. And quite honestly, I'd rather buy them, dude. To be honest with you, I'd rather okay, support we'll, the boys. All uh, right, we'll send you the link. We'll send you the link. And then I know you I was have. Just, I was just saying that, dude. I expect some free uh, delivery here in the next week or something. Yeah, yeah I got you, got you. Well, while we're on live air, hey, well, well, I uh, let's get into it here. I've uh, been. I've been obviously. I love your Instagram stories. I love the. I love the content you put out. You've recently just kind of released a reel in the last couple of days or week here, um, saying how you got back into workout, uh, your workout routines, and posting those a little more. Tell me about why you decided to show the world your such chiseled, amazing physique and how you got there. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd like to say if you do follow me and you watch those reels, I'm very covered up, dude. And I'll tell you why. I'm very pale. My body, I'm getting to the like kind of 30 year old body where it's like, okay, he's probably athletic, but like, I mean, how much longer can it last? That's probably how I describe my body right now. Uh, where, you know, we're trying to keep it chiseled for sure. And I, dude, honestly, I, I just missed it. I missed, dude, when I first started posting a ton on Instagram, I would always post with uh, this Donnie Benet song called we're working out out. dude it's so good and i wanted to do that forever (laughs) like i wanted that to just be my thing and my dream was that one day i could get in contact with him and i could go live on stage and do a full workout just while he's playing his set um so i'm sure if he ever listens to this podcast donnie hit me up bro i I, i've tried multiple times dude and i wish i had people that could contact your people but i don't so so is he a big is he a big artist who knows? Probably not. Which is what it's even more disrespectful, honestly. Exactly. Like, who is this guy, bro? You're some like Australian dude that I don't know. He's got like a couple of bangers, and that's it, dude. And let me let me help put you on the map in the states. And in fact, he actually is doing or did a tour in the states. I was so bummed. I won't be able to be there or wasn't there. I don't know which way that goes, but yeah. Well, you could just go up on stage uh, if you're there and just start working out. Whether it's for five, three seconds before you get tackled by security, or if he just lets you keep doing it. Dude, that would be pretty, pretty epic, actually. That would be pretty sweet. And to be honest with you, I'm uh, like, in fact, I'm like kind of out of breath. Dude, my cheeks are a little rosy. I uh, just finished like dancing around the house, dude. I got this new speaker and it just bumps, dude. It bangs. It's one of those Marshall speakers. I never oh, like, those are I'm not, sweet. I never buy, I never like buy speakers, you know, especially when you're overseas. It's like, I don't know. I don't want to like 
carry around this like big log of a speaker but i finally said fuck it i'm buying one and i bought one and it's the greatest purchase i've made in like so long dude if i'm tired at all like i finished working with one of these kids i work with and there was like 20 minutes in between and i was like dude i need energy and when you're alone like you have to figure out tools to like give you energy or calm you down either way you know and I was just like, I need to bump, dude. I'm about to go like hang out with the boys, dude. I need some of that energy, that pregame <laughs> energy. And so I was just busting around the house, like getting so nasty. You'll see it. I'll post a video on it because I just had to film it. It was just, I was just vibing so hard. Taylor, I love videos of you getting nasty. I just want to point that out. Thank dude, you. Brother. There's so many that never make it to air. <laughs> <laughs> well, do us a favor and open up a premium account and I'll subscribe. Damn it. Dude, I got I got that set up. I don't even know how that works on Instagram, honestly. <laughs> hey, well, yeah. well, well, we're kind of talking about this. If I've noticed another thing on your stories is you post a lot of very good, like, but also I guess you, I guess you could call it spiritual content, just kind of stuff, kind of getting inner peace or whatnot, or stuff kind of along those lines. Hmm. And you talked about that overseas. Why is it? And I've experienced this too. Why is it when people, when professional volleyball players go overseas, they get more in touch with their emotions, their feelings? Um, maybe even sometimes more spiritual in a way, not like religious, but sometimes kind of, I don't know, the rhythmic flows of life. Why do you think that is? Mm. Um, you know, I'd love to interview someone who's like been to jail mm -hmm. and know what it's like being in jail. And I don't say that because this feels like jail in, by any means, but I mean, there's something really unique about spending an extended amount of time by yourself you know, mm. and, and to be quite honest, it's something that I, yeah, I talk a lot. I talk a lot about it now because it wasn't on my mind. It's not something I thought about. Like when I was just playing professionally, I was so hyped to play professionally and like, Oh my God, I'm in Europe. I'm in these fun countries every day. I was just exploring and doing stuff. And, um, you know, you do that long enough and it's just like, all right. Uh, and I'm someone who's just very curious, you know, and I'm like, all right, what's next, you know, like what else is there? And when I start to think about, you know, even my life outside of volleyball and what else I could be doing, what else do I want to do? How else can I have an impact? Um, you spend a lot of time thinking, you know? And so I think for myself, I'm someone who uh, has like a, a real tendency to overthink. And what it made me realize is the power in community. And like, I think it's so special and unique that like, for example, are you guys, do you guys live together? Yep, we do. I mean, dude, that's got to be such a nightmare, Joe. But otherwise, I'm sure that's like <laughs> such a like that's such a cool thing to do because like it's so what I realized, man. And, and I'm someone who like what's like a good like oh, I'm forgetting. it. Oh, you know, you go. You guys know a guy named Hunter S. Thompson. He started like gonzo journalism, which is basically just like full immersion journalism. And he was really famous for like doing tons of drugs and doing these like crazy reports and just like a wild guy. Anyways, my point with that is like, I, for some reason, always fantasize like the guy in a movie, who's just like quiet and like, so to himself and alone, which is ironic because that's not my personality really at all. But I always like in some strange way, just like loved that idea because I'm very introspective. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking and and over the past couple of years, I realized like it's such a beautiful thing to be thinking that deeply. It allows me to be so creative and to think about things that the average person probably doesn't even like bat an eye to. And then I also realized it's also super dangerous. It's also my kryptonite is just overthinking one aspect of my life or getting anxiety about the future. And it, and it really taught me these last couple of years, like, man, the people, you know, for me, it's like, and I've talked about this on past podcasts before too, but like, I think as I've gotten older, understanding how powerful community is 
I've realized for me, like every year you go on a new team and you get a new set of players, right? But like for in my experience, maybe there's one guy who I'm like, oh, you would be a friend for the rest of my life, maybe, you know? Right. And so in my experiences playing, you know, eight years, it's like I've had probably three people in my life who are like forever. I'll talk to them forever until I die, you know? And it makes me realize like I have to hold on to those people. They mean so much to me. I respect their opinion. We see life in a similar way and like, it doesn't always happen for me. And uh, I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, dude, community is such a powerful thing. And that's why like when I see what you guys are doing without a system, it's why actually uh, I just opened up the Middle Blocker Academy today um, to Let's start go. building, to build community, dude, because I think it's so important. And like, okay, the the teachings and stuff in the, in the academy are like its own thing. I'm so hyped. I talk about everything you need to know from like where to stand in rotations to like how to do the Golden Eagle. You know, like everything, dude. <laughs> like I talk, I break down everything in like a way that represents me, you know. Um, but I think more than that, what I'm excited about is like building that community for that kid who's like a middle and he doesn't get special attention and whatever. And like, I can talk with him once a month. We can meet up. He can ask questions. I can answer him. Like have people feel like someone else has your back. And I think that's so important. And I, I see it with you guys too. It's like, I'm mildly envious. Like how fun, dude, like to have people that you love, like on your team, like you guys probably have such a blast during games. I'm sure it's such a different experience than what you've experienced in the past. Oh yeah. It's, it's and it's not just us too. It's not just me. Well, Joe, you want to explain the dynamics of our team? No, yeah, our team. It, I, I think the perfect way to describe it, it's like a college <laughs> team, very college esque, more so outside. That's, I think you, we on have the enough, outside. Like, that's what it looks like too. It yeah, looks yeah. So tight. yeah. But like we have enough professionalism within the team right now, or guys who have been you know overseas to understand the difference of like when you have to be a little bit more focused in on stuff, because um, that's the important part. Like that's. It's so funny. I was, ta I was talking to a lot of people recently about like why certain players get signed to bigger clubs and make more money and stuff. And it's just experience at the end of the day in like big moments and big situations, understanding how to deal with that. Um, and something, you know, for us, I think we have a good balance. We're, we're still a really young team, but for our league and everything, we have a good balance of youthfulness and like energy and experience. Um, but still, I think we learn a lot about each other. But like you said, you hit it on point. I think like we play really well uh, together. We just enjoy it, um, enjoy the heck out of it. And so that kind of ties into the, the direction where the podcast is going too because we want to talk to you about uh, middle blocking, specifically the offensive side of middle blocking. Um, and, you know, getting getting into now that you're, you're middle blockers academy and everything, I think I'm sure you speak a lot about the topics that uh, we had in mind on there. So definitely go check that out, people. Black Friday, I heard it's Black Friday sale. So go check that out. We'll drop the link here um, down below. But I wanted to start off with you, Taylor, by um, really getting into, you know, like you've made, a, I, I think it's safe to say, a, a large progression over the past couple of years, especially, you know, coming through, coming back from the injury and everything. Um, and I want to speak to you about, with the middle uh, position, what are the biggest things that, let's start off with what you learned uh, now coming out of college um, and some things that you wish you had known now uh, from playing overseas for this long? Uh, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> hmm. I mean, where do I start? Like so much, like the middle that I was when I watched film of like, like, dude, I went straight from UH into Italy, which is maybe the best league in the world. 
and actually finished the season as the third most points of any middle in the league. Jeez. And I look back and I watch the film and I'm just like, oh my God, dude. Like as a blocker, I just felt like a baby, like a baby in terms of like now my understanding for decision-making, for optimizing your body position, optimizing a few things that we do break down in the academy and the courses, but that, that are things that I think are like, I'm like, I can't believe no one told me this in college. I can't believe no one told me these like really basic things. Like, so the first <laughs> thing I think about is like attacking, like the biggest and most common problem we see all throughout all levels. This includes, this includes like pros as well mm -hmm. is slow with their feet or slow with their arm, <laughs> big guys who are slow to the ball. And I break down in there that to me, from everything I've studied early is on your way up. A plus is you're in the air. And it's the same with your arm. It's like, are you, do you have your arm prepared on your way up to then either anticipate on the ball or let the ball maybe come over your head and turn it into one? Like those little things that weren't like so important to me or weren't things that any coach had ever just taught me or like really talked about. And it's so funny because I see even pros to this day, like now the way I think about the game, it's like, it helps me so much. If I got a, if I got a guy I'm playing against and I know that he's a tall guy or he's a guy who's slow on the ball, I'm not committing on you ever ever, unless you prove it to me, unless you prove you're just like destructive and I need to, it's like, I don't even think about you because I know I'm going to optimize myself to read and touch you more often than not, because you're not someone who's in the air arm prepared, like ready to hit past me. And so I, I just think it's hilarious because I'm like, how, how do you make it to this level? And you haven't learned in my opinion, like I talked about this the other day. It's kind of like the, let's call it like the, I don't know, dude, I don't know what it's called. I think Tim Ferriss talked about it once. It's like the 2080 rule or the 80, 20 rule. One of those, the idea they talk about in language is like, how can you learn 20% of a foreign language to get you 80% of what you really want out of life? Let's say, you know, so like, how can you learn these like basic common phrases that'll get you to be able to go to a store and like, maybe you don't know the name of that vacuum. I'm assuming you guys buy vacuums like every once in a while, you know, like the name of that vacuum or whatever you're trying to say, but you know how to say like, can I have, or do you have or something, right? So you, you learn those 20% tools to get you 80% of the results. And to me, that's exactly when I think about attacking, that's being early with your feet and being early with your, or like having your arm prepared. Like those two things are the 20% of learning and attacking that gets you 80% of the results, like without a doubt. And, and who, <clears throat> go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just saying like no. who, besides yourself, obviously, who are some middles that you've like looked up to and watched a lot of film on that you think are really good examples of kind of what you're describing? Mm. <clears throat> uh, who's like really fast on the ball? Max Holt actually can be really quick on the ball and he's that's why he used I mean he's still such a great middle but at one point was the best middle in the world um is because he's not only fast with his feet quick with his arm but he's also you know 6'10 and has a 40 inch vertical or whatever you know that comb <laughs> that combination is unreal lethal like just straight up lethal um I think David Lee was pretty good too because he was a guy I always looked up to because he wasn't like insanely tall he didn't have an amazing vertical and you know he's for sure i look up to him when it comes to read blocking and decision making he was he's an idol legend in that sense um and he was someone who scored and you know the example i give to kids all the time is my best friend matteo piano italian middle blocker i just did a, a podcast with him on tallest podcast on earth um and we talked about that as well where it's like he's a guy who like 
you have to be out of your mind to commit with this guy. He's going to get like six sets max in like a five set game or like three, <laughs> five set game. Like you'd have to be crazy to commit with him, but he scores at such a high rate because he has unbelievable speed. Dude, his hitting window <laughs> is like this. Uh, he's gonna hate i hope he never hears this. he's gonna never hear this okay i hope he never hears but like and i've told him too it's like he's not someone who's like turning the ball banging balls can hit deep can bounce balls short like he's not that guy he hits in the direction of his approach so it's like you know when you're read blocking you're like all right i'm just gonna line up or have a hand in the direction of his approach and try to touch the ball but because he's so fast it doesn't matter and you're not going to commit on him because he doesn't get set a lot it's like that's dangerous and you put that on top of the fact that he's one of the best middle blockers in the world that's why he's one of the best middles in the world, you know? <laughs> no, that's true. And by the way, that podcast is awesome, people. Go check that podcast out. Link in the bio. Yeah, no, I watch it. That yeah, was that, awesome was, that was a really cool one. I don't want to make this about my podcast, by the way, but um, I appreciate you guys plugging it. I, we, Dude, I'm trying to, trying to do what you guys are doing too, you know, tell cool stories and have cool conversation that like we never had when I was a kid. Dude. I had no one to, to like listen to that I respected or that I thought was just like cool, you know, or so I, that- I really think that's cool. And it's crazy because, like, within the volleyball world, like, you tell people, like, you tell these insane stories, insane stories, like, of the overseas life and your teammates and just situations that you find yourself in, either to other volleyball people or just people who have no idea. And they're just like, what the hell? And we're like, dude, this is is great content, and people would love to hear all this. So, Mm. so right back at you. Glad what you're doing. (laughs) Um, I, I have a quick question really quick. I know Joe's a few more questions on offense here. But... A big thing with uh, outside hitters right now, or how the how the game has evolved, is recycle off the block, recycle <clears> off the block, right? A lot of the time. My question to you, especially as a middle, and I think you, I've seen you do this before, is like it. I think it's very clear a lot of time when outside hitters kind of come in slow and they're just looking for recycle off the block. Mm-hmm. How come sometimes the blockers just like okay before they're like hey if I see him coming in slow I'm gonna drop my hand so we get like a roll shot over the net. How come blockers don't do that more often? Oh, sweet gauge. Sweet, sweet gauge, dude. Asking the real hard hitters, dude. Honestly, I could do like an entire podcast on this subject because (laughs) I think it is absurdly insane how blind players are to just like feeling like they need to max jump. And I'll give you a couple of examples. The first one is know your hitter. Like, for example, I use this guy as the main example. Garrett Maututia, national team outside hitter for a long time, he has made his entire career on not hitting the ball inside the court, on hitting the ball off of hands, being super like technical, and he's so good at it. Like, then why? Why give? Why just like blindly jump straight up and give him his favorite shot? I don't understand it at all. And here's the thing: is like if you drop your hands and he scores one time, everyone's mad. Everyone's so mad, <laughs> you know. But like, honestly, dude, I don't give a fuck. I do it so, I do it, I'm fine, I'm figuring out the bounce. And you know your boy likes pushing the boundaries a little bit, you know? But I'm finding my bounce because I catch myself being like, okay, maybe I didn't need to do it there. Maybe I'm doing it too much. But I'm figuring it out on my own, dude, because what I've noticed too, and I posted this in a, uh, this was like before World Champs this last summer. Um, I posted in one practice, uh, TJ's going to hate this, but I did it to TJ three times in a row and it worked three times in a row. And then one time I dropped it and, you know, TJ's just a baller and he hits it like on the line in the corner, you know, <laughs> where it's like, if I would have had my hands there, would he have blasted <laughs> off my hands and we wouldn't have got it? Maybe. Uh, would I have blocked it? Probably not. Like, would I probably been used? <laughs> probably, you know? And, and so I just think like, 
why are we not talking? Why is no one talking about this? You know, it's, I feel like it's this undiscovered gem of just like, and you, you, Gage, you brought up a good point. Uh, Sometimes it's like blatantly obvious, blatantly obvious to me. A lot of the times is broken transition play. They don't get a good approach. The ball is on or off the net and they have like almost like a no step lean back. It's like, what? So now when I see guys just blindly go up and they give this like easy roll shot and it hits off the block back to them, I'm pissed. I yell at guys. Just like, dude, have some like adaptability, like use your vision, like think a little bit, you know? Um, And I don't, I'd be curious to know from you actually, Gage, like what's it like as a backcourt defender when someone drops their hands? Do you find it helpful? Are you mad? Are you like, dude, just I'm playing around you. Like, how do you feel about it? I kind of like, for me, creativity is kind of a big part of like how I like, like kind of letting players play. So I'm like, hey, if they tell me beforehand, hey, if I see this, this is what I'm going to do. If I know, if and I, and I can anticipate that, I'm, I'm completely okay with that for sure. And, I mean, unless it's like some just like, excuse my language, but like dork in the middle who has, or on the right side, on the outside, has no idea what he's doing. Wait, I'm going to stop you right there. Why did you say excuse my language? Well, I don't know. There might be some people out there who find that term derogatory. Specifically because you were talking about middles? Yeah, maybe, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, my bad. We no no us in the middle blocker academy we embrace words like that, dude. And I don't want you to feel bad about saying what that other word. words That's do you guys embrace? Up, okay. What do you guys what do you guys embrace? Like all of them, dude. Dork? All of them. String bean, yeah, dork, whatever you want, baby. <laughs> we embrace them all. We love it, dude. We love it. I mean, it's only a matter of time before your position doesn't even exist. You know? Oh, <laughs> really? You believe That's that? That's obviously a joke. I don't even know why I went straight there. That's obviously a joke. I, I made this a big deal in the past. So do you hate Liberos the most since we take you out half the time? Honestly, I. I love them so much, dude, because to be quite honest with you, volleyball would be so much less fun if I had to pass. I promise you, for everyone around me. <laughs> because it would be so easy. You just bam, dime, yeah, dime, exactly. dime, dime. That's exactly what easy. I mean. Exactly. Two bix, you know, I get you. Oh, dude. I, I tried to run one last night. It didn't work out. I begged Josh to set me. <laughs> I, multiple times because they, they put me in position six now because they see daddy's potential in the pipe. Uh, <laughs> call six defense. Do you call yourself yeah, exactly. daddy? Elosh. <laughs> I mean, everyone's a daddy, dude. If, you, if you're not on the daddy train, it's time to get on it, baby. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. So, it did, so it just didn't, did not work out for you? What's that? We did the same thing with Pat Gassman. I think he got a kill one time. Yeah. Well, that was Milos. Yeah. That's the same thing with... Uh, yeah, we did it in Hawaii. I, I ran plenty yeah. of pipes in Hawaii. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. Um, <clears throat> but I, I would love... I would, this is my dream. I mean, I got I to gotta get me a pipe highlight while I'm playing pro, you know? So A pipe light? waiting for it. A pipe, a pipe light, light, dude. Yeah, it's <laughs> coming, baby. <laughs> it's coming. I mean, we run them in practice all the time, bro. And honestly, our middles, we have four middles, are all good, bro. They could all bang pipe and quite honestly better than our outsides. But it's another conversation. Hopefully they're not listening to this podcast. Damn. Uh, even if they are, dude, if you come to my office, we can talk about it. <laughs> come to daddy's office. We can talk. Come to daddy's office, dude. We'll sit down and have a little meeting. What do you think is a shot that most middles don't use offensively that needs to be used more often? Mm. Or something I don't I don't want to get any secrets uh, I mean, away from, but. Secrets bro please What do I know you know <clears throat> And by the way like I, I like post highlights All the time dude like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest with you it doesn't, it doesn't matter And I say that to everyone who like in fact I've talked to specifically a couple setters that I won't name that are like were kind of tentative to talk to me because they like Didn't want to <laughs> give away their secret I'm like bro who do you think You are you think you're like what sport do you yeah, think you yeah. like I know how you think. I know what you're thinking, and I'm getting better at understanding it, whether you tell me or not. You know, yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. But I, I actually think, um, you know, I think the best middle blocker in the world right now is Bienek, and he plays for Skra in Poland. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he's got an absolute oh, yeah. detonation of a serve. Um, he's it's 126 huge. out of a hybrid. Dude, Crazy. he's wild, bro. He's so wild. His serve's insane, and he's really consistent. Um, blocking, he's a huge guy who jumps pretty good, and he's got yeah. good vision. He's been playing for a while. But offensively, he's a nightmare. And that guy hits deep 5-6 15 out of 20 times. And he scores 15 out of 20 times. Like, he, you know, dude, we played him the national team this summer twice. We played him in World Champs. And we knew where he was going to attack, and he still fucking scored. Like, he still scored. And uh, I think learning to hit deep is actually a really interesting subject to talk about as a middle. And I'll be quite honest with you. I don't really even know how to teach it. And I'm actually very curious to know from him, like, why he feels the need to hit deep. Because, for example, like, I'm playing with Javier Weber as our coach here. I love the guy. Um, and I'm learning a lot from him. And he he talks about all the time, like, dude, hitting deep corners, it's a point every time, every time, every, every time. He says like that, every time, every time. It's a point every time. And uh, what I tell him is, like, I'm like, man, I'm telling you from the perspective of a middle, it's just not always a good option. Like, it's just not always an option. Like, sometimes you get, like, a low set or based on where you're jumping or the route you're running where you have to contact the ball at a point that doesn't really allow you to hit, like, a, con- a shot where you're under it and putting it into the corner. And so I think, actually, the ability to bounce balls is very necessary in the middle, personally. Um, it's something I love doing, too, so that works out well also. Um, Does he disagree but, with that? Uh, I don't know what he – no, he couldn't disagree with me. He will – I mean, he – Even if he tried – I mean, dude, I just ha- I think I have a good argument for it, but he also has a great argument for it. And what I guess I'm still, you know, I'm, look, dude, I've been playing for a long time. I've built an academy. I'm doing things. I'm trying to give back. I'm, st- but I'm still learning, bro. I'm, st- I'm trying to experiment with like the. So we talked really quickly, just to change subjects real quick. We talked about dropping your hands on highball situations, dude. The other thing that I've experimented with a lot is jumping at fifty percent on highballs. So jumping mm. to where like you're only getting this over the net because now when you do that little roll shot, that's probably like hitting me in the forearm and coming back to you softly. Now you're getting my fingertips, which are getting the ball back for us, or you're missing me completely at a 50% roll that hopefully we can defend. So that's the other side of that. Um, what about, what about just, hitters that can just like, sorry to cut you off, but what about hitters no. that can like just jump over you and just rip balls over you? You got to think you, differently, 100%. But you know, dude, I know so many pin hitters so many opposites specifically we played a i forgot his name ukrainian guy lefty i played against him a bunch in my career actually we played him last night the guy bangs he used to actually i think he used to be a professional arm wrestler no joke Um, but he's just like this meatball dude and uh he just bangs cross court blindly and scores at a really high rate hits super hard he hits this far from the tape bro and for those of you listening like an inch above the tape like barely (laughs) And it's like, it's the, I think the hardest skill to learn in volleyball is when your eyes are helping you and when they're deceiving you. And as a middle, a lot of times your eyes are deceiving you because it's the common, like the common thing to do is like, oh, the ball's over there. I'm going to reach over there. Hits cross past you. It's the hardest being disciplined as a blocker is other than reading is the hardest skill in my opinion, because you, you know that by seeing the best players in the world who still aren't always disciplined, you know? It's and it, it, go ahead. No, I'm just saying. And it, the hard thing is sometimes you aren't disciplined, and then you make a nice block, and then it gives you more incentive later. Reconfirms your bad <laughs> habit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, dude, take risks. Like I'm all about 
taking risks i'm all i tell kids like reach into seams get used a bunch to then realize like oh maybe i should try something different you know but that's how i am in life too it's like you want to do that thing that's not good for you do it you'll get over it like you'll hit a low and then that's maybe what you need to change you know so and that's you know part of what i'm trying to provide too is like I don't, I don't want to just tell you like, this is the way if you don't do it this way. A lot of it is like, man, there's so many different styles and, but here's what we know. You know, what we know is like Ben Patch was an, another great example. Love Ben Patch, closest friend. Guy hit really close to the tape. When he hit deep, he was literally unstoppable. But when you're up that high in the air, you see a lot of empty court right in front of you. You're <laughs> trying to bounce balls, dude. And that's how little setters like Tonuti or my boy Joe are going to touch you. <laughs> because you don't see him until the last second you hit right into his hands you get a nice soft block you can replay you know um so i actually forgot what the original question was but no that's great i i wanted to ask for you like in in blocking like who which pin attackers that you play in the polish league or play at the national team have been most difficult to block and why like what makes them so difficult for you to block against them and what aspects of like some of the higher end uh, pin attackers makes them so difficult for middle block? All right, so this would be considered giving away one of my secrets, okay? Ooh. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm putting myself. <laughs> I'm gonna be vulnerable with the boys, dude. And I'm putting it out there for anyone who would like to use this against me. Anyone who hits sharp, you are my dessert. You are what I pray for. I pray for guys. When I look at that scouting report and I see a bunch of dots or a bunch of red lines and sharp diagonal, I'm just like, okay, next. That's all I needed to see. Eat. Because I stop short a lot, and I'm really good about dragging my inside hand. And in fact, as a blocker, it's like uh, <clears throat> I'm not a great. I'm a terrible. I'm not a great commit blocker at all. I'm a much better uh, read blocker on the middle, and I'm a much better read blocker in general. Like I'm not good to be like, we need to stop this middle, get in his face, and commit. Like, dude, you got the wrong guy. You know. When it comes to being quick to the pins, I think that's where I've made a career blocking wise. Is I'm really fast, and what I don't do that a lot of middles do is perfect pass they make a good read ball goes to the outside they know they're not going to close the block but they reach and the guy hits sharp because on a fast set that's kind of your go-to swing especially if the ball doesn't make it out to the pin is to hit sharp well i know that and so i spent a lot of time trying to be a lot of the drills that we discussed like a lot of different things the stuff we did with milan like a lot of that stuff really helped me to learn to be disciplined and like we talked about earlier not have my eyes deceive me and think which 90 percent of middles do which is oh shit i'm late oh, there's the ball. It's so far away from me. I'm going to reach and try to fill the seam or touch the ball. And the guy hits by you. Like how often do you see middles doing that all the time? <laughs> and, uh, that's my biggest secret, dude. That's what I love the most. And so players who hit that sharp ball, it's just like, I don't, I don't know how wild or, or naughty we can get on this part. Oh, yeah, we can but, get real naughty, but I'll tell you what, dude, like players who hit sharp, it's just like, you know, can you talk it out for our audio listeners as well one more time? Daddy's getting hard, dude. It's getting hard. Okay. That's just the truth, dude. I mean, I'm telling you, like, guys. So, for example, I'll tell you, because I'll, I'll answer your original question, which is, like, what guys do I not like going against? Uh, any left-handed outsides are a nightmare. Um, any Anyone, like, for example, Kovacevic is the famous left-handed example. The guy throws the ball in the triangle like you would yeah. not believe. I've spent – I've played against him so many times, like – I've played against that guy like at least once a year, every year. Played against him in Italy for three years, a couple times. We just played against him not too long ago. Beat them in their house, which was actually very sick. First time in the club's history was awesome. But stopping him was, it's just not happening, bro. Like he is so good at throwing in that triangle. And so I've discussed with many different, 
different coaches. Do you reach, do you want us reaching in the triangle? Do you want us taking space? Do you want us not even going, trying to come off and play at 10 feet? Like what's our strategy with this guy? Because if he throws it in the triangle, there's no one there. Libero's probably not there. Like he, no one's there. Cause it's yeah. 10 foot line, like right in the center, dude. And he's yep. made a living being really good at that and a lot of other things, but that's one of like his famous tricks, let's say. Um, but dude, it's funny. We actually played last night against this, uh, team. That's like kind of the Ukrainian team that got put into the Polish league this year. They have two, actually three outside hitters who are all left-handed and a left-handed opposite. Oh. Dude, they were my nightmare. I did not block their pins at all. I blocked their opposite. Why? Because he loved hitting sharp. I blocked him three times. It's like, that's what, that's what I need. I need guys who want to hit sharp. <laughs> what, what color jersey do they have? Uh, I call them the Smashing Pumpkins, dude. So use your. Uh, I played against one of their lefties last year. Fearco. Oh I yeah. Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying because I, I remember watching because we were watching in our first tournament ever. We were watching that team, and we were watching one of the teams that had played. I think maybe it was Berlin, and they played it like that team. Um, so that's the only footage we had of them, mm. and I just remember like watching them, and I was like, wait a minute. I see like lefty, lefty, lefty. I'm like, wait, what is going on over there? I was like, no way, they have all lefty front row, and well, and I don't know how it's it's, uh, it's weathering for them. But. Is it more so the angle of their arm? Or yeah, I said, like, coming from a lefty as well. Because Lourdes also, he's a guy like he will destroy the tape cross court and just shred blockers under. He'll yeah. go under the block like Which crazy. You wouldn't, you wouldn't. I think vision wise, you don't expect. You don't expect someone taking the ball on the outside so it's like even farther to the left right like balls like let's say dying inside right-handed hitter you're late you still feel like your eyes want you to reach into where he's contacting the ball now move that ball three feet to someone's left shoulder it's like even more of an urge to want to reach and he like you said he burns guys inside the court and that's why he's super i mean the guy's super dangerous he can like no approach hit you know four to four no problem and then also throw balls and then also like ping off the line and also blast hands and like he's also a guy where like he takes no approach you want to drop your hands but he'll actually hit it into the court like he's he's a lot to handle for sure yeah that's no fun. yeah but there's something weird about lefties and maybe also the fact that like you don't see a lot of lefty outside hitters so that's always strange when your eyes used to seeing a right-handed hitter and all of a sudden you get a lefty and you're like oh what is this yeah. you know and then he likes hitting line that's to answer your original question that's the least favorite for me is an outside hitter who likes hitting down the line um and a lot of times I selfishly tell my pin blockers whether we scouted them that way or not to take the line to hopefully force them into a cross shot. And dude, <laughs> honestly, what, what works, what's so nice about playing at like a really high level is players love hitting super sharp. And why do you think outside <laughs> hitters are trained and opposites are trained to hit super sharp? Because what do 90% of middles do when they're late? They dive with their hands. So what's open? Your shot you want to hit anyways. You know, and so that's, Bingo. I think learning how to drag your inside hand as a middle and learning not to be deceived by your eyes just takes an insane amount of discipline. And, uh, that's why, like I said, that's why 90% of middles don't do it to this day. Like, it's just really tough to be that disciplined all the time. Got you. 100%. We have, we have one or two more questions. We don't want to, we don't want to, yeah, I, I, I want to ask you what, what's, uh, <clears throat> you've spoken a lot about a lot of different things that I think. Obviously, you picked up from being overseas and playing professionally, working with coaches from all over the world. But what's something for you that you don't see valued in like U.S. Um, 
training systems that are like heavily valued over in uh overseas here in europe and in the professional leagues Mm, for the uh, middle position sorry i I specify that for the middle position yeah i love the way we train as at team usa and i think we do everything the way that we should do it bingo (laughs) (laughs) no i'm just teasing. like the boy dynamite right there (laughs) i'm just teasing i think i get a lot of shit sometimes for like i'm not i don't talk shit on the national team i don't i really don't i'm i want to be really clear about that actually um i think i'm just constantly you know what's really hard for me is i am a guy who likes novelty and as two boys uh alum know what it was like training with milan it's like Mm -hmm. i don't know how you still feel about your trainings but like i i am nowhere near what we used to do you know and for example like some of the drills that national team seasoned pros look at they're like a step close drill where you toss it to the left (laughs) or right instead of pepper like what do i need this for dude i find to this day that I become such a better player when I can actually learn how to like drive the ball and put the ball where I want to from different positions, from awkward positions, from, you know, and so many of those games and drills we did just like reinforce those habits that aren't specific in quotes to the middle position, but they make a huge deal, dude. They are a huge deal. And so to me, what I think is really hard about, um, I mean, I know you asked me about specifically the middle position, but I'm going to go off on a second here and just say that, uh, What's really hard is we do two because we're just playing six on six or like, you know, the basic practice formula is, you know, six or uh, pepper, throw your arms, whatever, maybe an over the net pepper and then like hitting lines and play six on six with some, you know, objective. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's all middle focused for the most part, you know, like pepper's not, you're not really work. It's not at this level now. It's like, it's not really challenging me and making my touch like that much better. It's like hitting refresh on a computer or something. It's just like, oh yeah, like, but it's not improving the website. It's not improving me in any way, you know? Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> that's what I think I miss the most. And what people don't understand, I think, is that if you can become a volleyball player and start to think like a volleyball player, you do get better. And this is how I feel. I'd be curious how you guys feel. I think it bleeds into you at your specific position because what we see at the highest level is guys doing really weird things, <laughs> you know, like, like Kovacevic is a great example, throwing stuff, doing like really weird things that you're like, well, I don't, we don't, you don't ever throw like that in pepper, you know, yeah, or like, like how, how are you able to step close <laughs> to that ball with no approach and bang four to four? Like what? You know, and it's like, don't you want that skill? And, and then you learn that skill and, and maybe your position is a middle where it's like, how many, how often are you passing the ball? But that one broken player, you finally get put in defense after you, you finally put the ball over the net and they, you know, they're going to give you some high ball. You got to pass a free ball. Like most of the middles don't pass it very well. It's pretty sad, you know? And, uh, I don't know. I think those things, they, they cross pollinate in more ways than like, that's a very obvious way. But I also yeah. think very specifically and the main one being reading vision. What are you seeing? What can you pick up different cues from when a guy's body is facing a certain way and his arm is a certain way? Like, what are you able to pick up on? You know, that's what that, I was just going to, I was going to, you don't know how much I've spoken to Gage about. You don't all of the uh exactly what you were just talking about of how much of a difference you know training was with him um as a whole and like the difference he would make with so many guys that i see even professionally you know throughout the league we play and guys that i see uh that i've played with played against like the stuff that we did every single day there 
um, is something that I see a lot of professionals who still could use a lot of uh, or get a lot of value out of all those drills. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, I think that's why we're big proponents of short court, <laughs> as we always mention hey, every baby, podcast. Um, it's because it's the creativity within a, okay, yeah, it's not as big as a volleyball court, which can make it harder. You need certain control. You need certain touches. And it's kind of ironic because a, a lot of players I've played against is actually middles, and I think they've definitely gotten better um, all-around game. Coming from libero, it's helped my game as well. You know, certain touches, certain feels on the ball, um, you know, is, it's because it's way more crucial. Every touch is so much more crucial. I think that's why it's such a big part um, of development, you- to be honest with you. And let me, let me add one thing to that. So, for example, recently we've had, like, a handful of injuries on our team. And you guys know it's not like college where you have, like, 70 outside hitters waiting to, to come in <laughs> yeah. if an outside gets hurt. And as a middle baby, you don't hope for it. But when it comes, oh, boy, are you excited? <laughs> Two opposites hurt, one opposite hurt. Middle's got to play opposite today. Oh, boy. Dude, we are hyped, you know? And uh, But the, I think the beauty is, like, in the teaching of that moment of, like, you get so used to seeing the game as a middle. And I say this all the time, like specific positions are not really volleyball. Setter is probably the closest thing to really understanding. Um, but, but what I learn is like when I play opposite, I'm like, oh, this is what it feels like. Uh, this is where, my, where I want to attack the ball when the ball dies inside or where I want to do when I don't get this approach. Or like you start to realize like, oh, this is the shot that makes the most sense in this situation. And as a middle, it's so good to know. It's such a good reminder of like, oh, Oh yeah, that's why I stop short when I see a dying high ball and an outside taking some massive <laughs> approach into like four, five, six feet into the court. I know exactly where he's going with that ball. He's not going to get there with his feet, which means he's going to be attacking the ball in front of him, which means his only shot really for him to score is going to be sharp. You know, like, but you don't know, you don't really know that by just like uh, me telling you that right now. You know it by experiencing it. And so if you're a player who doesn't get to experience, like, dude, I get the same. So for example, we have an outside hitter who was hurt. So for uh, our six on six, sometimes daddy gets to receive baby. And I'm like, oh yeah, dude, I tell my outsides all the time. I'm like, yo, critique me, help me. Like even the, I, I pepper with Robert Andringa, who's a guy from the Netherlands. He's just, he's basically a libero in an outside Jersey. Um, who's just nails passing. And I ask him all the time, dude, help me. I still want to learn. I want to learn to pass. Cause it also gets me excited about volleyball, bro. Being yeah. in the middle, honestly, it's like it's not that exciting. Any position, <laughs> you do it long enough, it's just like yeah. I mean, Gage, dude, I see you when that that water break hits or whatever. I seen videos of you trying to like bounce balls. I know you probably get hyped <laughs> up for that first ball you get in games where you get to bounce the ball. You know, like Joe too, oh, yeah. bro. Like you know, it's just like it makes volleyball exciting. And there's something to be said about getting excited as a professional to do what you love doing. And it's so easy for that to feeling to fade a little bit and to get stuck in the like, this is just my position. This is my job. And um, I think it's, it goes hand in hand. It's also important to do your role, to know your role and to do it the best that you can. Um, but there's also something about just getting excited, bro. I want to get excited sometimes. You know, I need that sometimes when you're in Poland and it's snowing and cloudy and cold and I wake up, we train and come home, eat lunch, go back to training in the afternoon. And then it's dark by the time we're out. Like, dude, get me hyped up, you know? Otherwise, I'm going to keep dancing in my living room with this new speaker. You know what I mean? Shout out. Well, I I, uh, I come from Libero. You know, my friend Chewy, who's a Libero for Hawaii now, he used to be a setter. Hmm. And he'll be back a setter in his fifth year. Uh, You heard it here first. Or sixth year, I guess. Wow. Um, Sixth year. But as for right now, he's a Libero. And he's a very serious, serious guy. Off the court, you know, we joke around a lot. But on the court, he's a very serious, stern Hmm. kind of guy. And he's played setter. So, you know, he got a lot of action. 
And then he's like, Gate. And he'll be yelling at me at practice, like, why are you acting like an idiot or goofball and left back? Uh, fast forward to now when he's libero, they, they like, 14 of it text me. He's like, Gage, now I know exactly why you acted the way you acted. I was like, bro, you need to keep yourself entertained back there. That is yeah. the most important thing. Um, and sometimes it is at the, uh, the what's it called? It's at the, at the, at the expense of your family, some balls dropping. <laughs> so, um, which is not great, you know, and I deserve to get yelled at if that happens, but, uh, there's some I've learned. All right. I, Dude, wait, really more. quickly as a libero, I could imagine, uh, and I don't want to drop names out of disrespect, but I drop know a libero. no, I don't want to, I know a libero who's. Uh, recently been pulled from playing defense, it looks like, and so he just goes in there to receive. That's yeah. got to be the most boring bro. job on the planet, bro. Bro, we um, especially we have, if you don't, you're not having your day receiving. It's like, yeah, it's over, dude. <laughs> dude, dude, we have this drill. Um, you literally just one job, and if you're not good at it that day, then you just look like a failure. But it's like yeah. everybody else has a way to make up for them or not being feel good like at a failure. Too. That's the worst yeah. part, yeah. dude. Like, oh, you not yeah. only got pulled for defense, which has to just murder your confidence. Then you, 100%. yeah, you go into a game and you're not receiving well, dude. I don't know. Dude, it's like only job. Do we do? So we I'm the only little bear on my team and we do um there's sometimes you contract that do, in by the way. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I contracted in that I I would be the the third outside though. Nice. I'm just kidding. No, I didn't. Um no, but what happened was we sometimes I'll literally do we have this drill. I probably in about an hour and a half to hour span I do serve receive straight for that entire hour and a half. Maybe more. <laughs> And I pass around like four or five hundred balls, like that. And it's just like they're starting; they just gets repetitive. I'm just like, by the time we start scrimmaging, my arms just red and bloody. I'm just like, and my mind just like from like the amount of I'm the only serve receiver, and like for like, I'd say like seventy of those minutes, and you're just like, oh my god, like my mind is like, I can't. It's so hard to like mm. focus up. There's no change up, you know. So, so what do you do? Most, um, Shank a lot more balls towards center practice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, amazing, dude. Uh, dude, but all right, here, this is our last question for you here. Um, so, should a lot more middles float surf? And let me explain this. I think that, like you said, from a young age, and you can defend this, a lot of players get put in middle if they're unathletic, kind of the doofy, goofy, tall kid. But I think that a lot of people, in order to be successful, need to be middle. Because what middle allows certain players to do is not allow them to think. Quick one ball, bam. Quick ball, quick ball, quick ball. They struggle with timing. They struggle with maybe some, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they struggle with, like, getting, uh, what's the word? It's an easy word. Um, getting coordination. from women. Yeah, oh. yeah exactly. Getting women, <laughs> talking to females, all the above. Um <laughs> But no, so the, so that's the what I'm trying to say is like they need that quick ball because less time for them to think, less time they don't have to time as much, right? Okay, they're trying to do a spin serve back there. It's horrendous. Um, so I'm saying, so my question is, so should more players, because that when they have that high toss and the spin serve, they end up missing so much. Whereas I'm like, why don't you just go back there and float more often? And do you think that there are some players that need to play middle, um, and why you kind of realize they get called doofuses in the middle, coming from Libero. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to I'm going to ask you to rephrase your question in like less than 10 words. Okay. Should more f- middle plate float surf? 
Um, should, <laughs> should more middles play floater? <laughs> should more. Sound like me and okay. talking. I sound, I sound so talking. dyslexic right now. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine, baby. It's but, late. And just to be honest with you guys, I got plenty of time, so there's no rush here. All right. I'm, I'm be honest with you here. Uh, should middles float serve more often? Here's what I have to say to that. Um, middles already float serve very often. Most middles I know are float servers. Mm -hmm. Most of them. <clears throat> I think it all goes back to what we talked about before. It's like, yeah, let's, when uh, there's a quick attack, there's much less, let's say thought you have less time to make appropriate decisions for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, when you can do drills, um, that we don't need to, we don't need to dive deeper into that. I'm sure you guys have talked about it plenty on your podcast, um, that allow you to contact really high balls and have to learn that process. It helps you jump serve. It helps you understand you've contacted yeah. the ball, waiting, taking a four-step approach inside to the left, outside, behind you maybe. Like learning, that's why I think another fundamental for attacking, and, and yeah, I also use it for blocking as well, is your ability to step close. And that's the other problem we see is so many middles who take this like, like really wonky, flat-footed step close. And then they're trying, and I see, dude, I actually see outsides do this a lot too, where they like this and it looks so beautiful, like a Jaguar, dude, just mm. frolicking through, you What's know, and they take this like, you know, you know, Jaguar, dude, a Jaguar, a Jaguar. Yeah. <laughs> a jaguar. Do you and seriously pronounce like that? Jaguar? A Jaguar. <laughs> How else would you pronounce it? A Jaguar. All right. We'll call it a Jaguar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Spelled J A G W I R E. Yeah, but Sick, okay. dude. all right, but there's so many other phrases in the English language we can. No, get. you're right. Anyway, I was just continue. I was just fucking with you. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean this like really smooth, like you know when a cat goes to like pounce on something, right? And it's got this like, dude. In fact, I think there's a YouTube video of like someone who broke down a cheetah moving and broke down Leon Marshall's approach. Dude, this might've been one of the first YouTube videos I ever watched in like 2007 when YouTube was like, oh, what is YouTube? And what is, can I type volleyball into YouTube? It's like one of the videos that came up. I don't know if it's still online or not. Anyways, but it's like this like really smooth kind of approach. And we see so many outsides who have this like, smooth kind of like bop bop kind of finishing step close it looks good but then they have to make the adjustment in the air with their arm rather than putting themselves and they're they're more of like a at whim of whatever set they were getting rather than taking that extra time to wait and be super quick and explosive with their step close to put themselves in a better position to handle whatever set they got right. and uh that has nothing to do with float serving as middles, I realize now, and I don't even remember what the point of that was. You answered because... it more beautifully than I could ever imagine. <laughs> well, let, let me say one more thing. Uh, I think hybrid is on its way up, baby. The hybrid oh, serve yeah. is making a come up. Um, yep. You see it, we talked about it earlier with Bienek. I actually just started doing, that I stole from Mitch Stahl, to be honest with you, um, who went to the Olympics over me. Olympics. And I was like, I like that serve. My, Cause look at, I'm, I'm someone who I jump served my whole career. I jump served uh, at Hawaii. I jump served professionally. And I'm like 65 mile an hour. That's my bomb. That's not, that's not a bomb dude. TJ's hitting like, you know, 70, 75, like 70 pretty consistently. Let's say like the guys who are jump serving at this level are detonating balls. And I, I wasn't a dangerous jump server. I had good control. I go short a bunch. I had good variation, but like, I wasn't someone who was like point scoring jump serve guy. And I missed a handful. And uh, as a float server, that's just boring, dude. I'm bored. I'm over it. Don't want to float serve, dude. That was my honest, like, <laughs> like, look for me as someone who's undersized, it's like, <clears throat> I need, <clears throat> I need flashy components. 
because I'm not someone like I described earlier, Matteo Piano. I talked about this in my podcast with him being like, you and I are so different, bro. You could, he, he doesn't, he doesn't jump well. He attacks, his hitting window is like so small. He'll always have a contract on a high level team. Well, he's also an amazing blocker, but he float serves, like his float serve is hilarious. People meme it all the time. It's like the Empire State Building. He's like got this super goofy, <laughs> that's why I love him, dude. He's just a man. But he's got this like super goofy approach and just like <clears throat> really good float serve. And granted, float serve is really dangerous and it's such a tool worth having. But for someone like me who's undersized, who when you talk about making Olympic rosters, it's like, what's going to separate me apart? Because I'm the guy that has to go like, look at my stats. Hey, everyone, like, look at the stats. Look what I do overseas. Because I've, I haven't had a ton of like good luck. I've had players who played over me that I was just like, what? Like, what has he done overseas? What teams has he played on? How has he, how has he, done, how has he been successful? Like compare our stats. That has to be me. And I hate that. I'll say it openly. I don't like that. I feel like I have to be that way, but I got to fight for me sometimes, you know? And quite honestly, I don't feel like the, <clears throat> the problem with not having a pro league in the States is I think our national team in USA volleyball in general is very distant from what goes on overseas. And what goes on overseas is eight months of the year. That's, that's a lot of data to be like, how did this player, how is good is he? What can he do? You know? And instead it's just like every year on the national team, it feels like, Oh, Taylor. Hey, nice to meet you. Or Hey, nice to meet you. Or Hey, nice to meet you. All right. Let's see what you guys can do in this two weeks to prove what kind of player you are. <laughs> and I'm always the kind of guy that's like, and I've had some injuries that I've had some bad luck for sure. Um, but I've always been like, what the fuck dude like i was just mvp of the french league and like we won the championship there i had an insane season i mean granted i was getting set like 15 20 balls a game i couldn't have been more grateful um, but you know i like i played incredible and I, I think it's okay to say that i think i'm a humble guy but i think it's okay to appreciate when you play well and like i played really well gotta, and i just gotta talk i mean no i just want i want to keep it real you know and like, that's my thing is sometimes I'm like, but then I go in the national team gym, I'm the smallest middle. I don't have the best vertical. And uh, you see a guy like Jeff Jendrick, you see a guy like Max Holt, you see a Mitch Stahl's serve. I mean, dear God, that thing was a nightmare. He missed a bunch, but he scored a lot too, you know? And, and finally I was like, let's learn from these guys. So I adopted mm -hmm. Mitch's serve and was like, let's give it a go. Now it's my go-to serve and thank God I learned it. And I've actually progressed on it more now where I can have that same toss and hit like a super soft float like cutting it. And the nice part about the hybrid is to your point, most jump serves, it's like, there's so much timing involved that we just don't have on lockdown as middles, but the hybrid, it's like, you're kind of moving as you're tossing, but the height of the toss is, is not usually, it's probably a third less than a jump serve, like a traditional jump serve. So it's a little easier to control. And now I'm like, damn, I wish someone would have taught this to me when I was younger, because uh, I think this is a really dangerous serve. And and like Bienix hybrid is even less, it's even less of a toss. It's like almost like a float serve, traditional float serve kind of hybrid. It's somewhere in between there, but the hybrid stuff is great. And also I'm not a guy who has like traditional good spin. I don't have a good spin on the, I'm a waffle guy, you know, I'm a, waffle, deadly, though. I, I'm a waffle maker, baby. You know, and yeah, they are, they are deadly. Dan McDonald's another guy who like, dude, when he used to jump serve, like he's got a waffle of an arm. And so, yeah, as a, as a receiver, it's a nightmare to pass those balls without true spin on them. Like it's super tough. Um, but you know, starting to figure out like, okay, what are, what are the components that could make me special and unique? So it's like, all right, I'm not a guy who has uh, true top spin and I'm jump serving. Those are probably not the best combinations, you know? So it's like, okay, I, I don't have a detonating jump serve. My float serves good. And I, in fact, asked got on the national team to float serve and did and, and ended up traveling because we needed a consistent float serve and it was good. And I learned a lot like, okay, have it in the bag. You need to have those tools in the bag. Um, but I was like, 
I want to continue to separate myself from the rest of the, the pack. And so I made a career on being fast and stopping short, being super quick on the ball. And like eventually, you know, having range and stuff comes with that, being super quick on the ball and then finding a serve that was deadly and taking the time outside of games to work on it. I had to take the time outside the national team to work on a serve that I wasn't allowed to do with the national team, you know? And then luckily one day I came back, worked with Javier, came back and was like, hey, I'm not a float serve guy anymore. This is what I do. And was lucky enough to prove it. And in, in, in the world championships, they put me in to serve that ball. And so it's just like, and I learned all that in a year. You know, so it's like, don't be afraid to expand what you, you know and try new things, but understand there's a time and a place, right? That's the biggest problem is you got a guy, a middle who wants to learn how to jump serve and now he's trying it in games and he's so clearly not confident in games. It's like, bro, <laughs> time to float serve that ball. So if you got to stand there with two feet and float serve it, do it because this is what the team needs, you know? So if you want to work on something that you're not super confident in, find the time to do that because it's so valuable and you never know. I traveled to, you know, world champs because I was a serving sub, bro. I feel like I should have played, you know, whatever doesn't, that doesn't matter though. It's like, that was my role on the team. I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's, let's hone in on this serve. Let's get good at it. And that's, you know, I still miss a handful, but that's the goal now, you know, keep working on those things that are fun and can maybe separate me from the guy next to me, you know, for any, so. uh, absolutely. And I, I think when people watch you and whether it's your social media or like you as a player too, I don't know if people spend enough time watching you because like you said, you were the MVP last year, the French league. Micah and I were talking about the other day, just how ridiculous <laughs> you were. Cause you, it was the same thing at Hawaii. And I have to ask you that too. There's a lot of times you have double commits up in front, especially with the front row setter. What is, what is your mindset when you go when, like in that situation where you know, you're gonna have two guys hop pop on you and the setter stills, you know, comfortable setting you the ball. Like, what are you, what is your mindset with dealing with that? Because I think a lot of middles, especially like the higher levels you go, the outsides are really good at pinching and still getting out mm -hmm. to the opposite. Like that's, and it's really annoying, obviously for setters and for middles. Um, but someone like you, you know, it's coming, you still are scoring at such a high clip. Like what is, how do you approach those situations? Um, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to say one thing quickly. First of all, if, if I end up swearing too much, please let me know. My mother made oh, me aware no, that I swear too much maybe on my podcast, and I, <laughs> I don't want to be like – I'm just trying to be myself, you know? So let me put that out there. I don't know if this is like not a swearing podcast. If it's not, I'm going to try to keep it under control. The second thing I'd like to say is I like to think that I'm a really humble guy, and I've said that already in this podcast, but I, it's so hard when people ask you questions, and I want to just be honest and confident about them and not sound like an asshole. So I'm just using that as a disclaimer, okay, guys? I think I'm a nice, humble guy. And I like keeping it real, dude. And I like keeping it real. And so here, to answer your question, here's what I think. And in fact, I'm getting back to it. And it's the attitude of fuck you. And it's an attitude that um, I don't like about myself. And I learned that since I was a kid, dude. When I was a kid, I was super competitive. And I'll never forget, I tell the story a ton. I'll never forget playing ping pong against my mom. And I used to murder her. I was murdering her. She came from a tennis family. It didn't matter to your boy, dude. It's ping pong, baby. This ain't tennis, you know? And uh, one time she beat me. And the time she beat me, I instantly threw my – I was entering middle school. I was probably 12 years old. And I threw my paddle at her. And uh, she didn't even tell me. I just went straight to my room. I was like, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, but I threw my paddle straight at her. And uh, 
In fact, that's actually when I quit playing sports because I hated what competitive nature brought out of me. And in fact, so I, I had my rebellion phase. I don't know if you guys had that as brothers, but like for me, I, I stopped playing uh, organized sports in sixth grade. So all through middle school, basically, I skateboarding. I was like, I'm gonna be a pro skater. So I skated every day, hung out with skaters. Like that's all I wanted to do was skate and uh, got good and like loved it and just loved it. Um, and then, you know, grew eventually and then found volleyball and was like, oh, let's try this again. Um, but I always noticed I had that competitive nature in me that like, if you know me outside the court, I think I'm just like a super easygoing, just like silly goose time kind of guy. Um, but what I realized is like that can't, that unfortunately that side of me, uh, cannot come out for me to succeed when I'm playing overseas. Um, and it's something that I actually struggle a lot with because I hate that version of me, dude. I don't like it. Um, but damn, does it work? And in fact, we used it last night. We, we won in five to a team that we don't have all of our players right now. We won in five to a team we should have beaten four. Um, and, uh, I had this moment come over me where it's like, dude, it's so easy to be down on yourself. I don't know how you guys get overseas. Like, luckily you have each other, but if you're not, like, not playing well and maybe you're injured or something, damn, it's so, it's so easy. I get messages mm -hmm. all the yeah. time, bro, from like no name pro players who are like, dude, your podcast, like help me. Cause I was depressed or whatever. And I'm just like, really? Like, it's not just me. There's other people who like can get that yeah. way when they're injured. How do you deal with an injury? I'm like just sitting around and I hate it and I want to go home and like, it's just such a reminder. And maybe that's why I come off this way sometimes of like, dude, be your number one fan, man. Like you got to find a way to do that because it's so, there is, there are hundreds of guys, there are hundreds of setters who are just as good as Joe. There's hundreds of middles who are just as good as me, you know? And it, it's just so easy to be like, you're replaceable. <laughs> you're fucking replaceable, right. you know? And so <clears throat> I think I, I felt this the, the first time I really felt this was when I went uh, played in Chamal for the first time. I played in Italy for three years and then I went down to France, went down to, I shouldn't say that, but like Italian leagues where you, Italy and Poland, in my opinion, like if you want to play the best players consistently, like that's where you want to go. Germany's yeah. a great league. France is a great league. Those are honorable leagues that like you're playing high level volleyball, you know, <clears throat> but like I wanted to be in what I thought was the NBA and went from that to go play in France. And it was the first time I was like, I don't deserve to be here. And I went to Chamont where, where big Pat is right now. And that's a dark place, uncle. you know, where the uncle is right now, dude. And that's a, <laughs> that's a place you go just for volleyball to hopefully make your way out of there, you know? And, uh, that, that's literally, I had the mindset of I'm in jail. What am I going to do about it? And <laughs> I know it's like, I'm making this sound drastic. maybe wait. I, I apologize if I'm talking too much or if I'm making this sound no, way too, dr way no, too dramatic, dude, bro. But, no, listen, listen, but I'm telling you in my head, that's how dramatic it was. I was like, I'm in jail and I'm going to fucking claw my way out of here. Like I got <laughs> dropped from the NBA and like, I'm going to make my way back. I guarantee it. And so I went into matches and it was the first time in my career where I was the guy who was initiating shit talking. If I saw any, I wasn't talking shit, but if I saw any middle or anyone look at me, like they were excited, they hit over me or they blocked me or anything like it was on dude. And so I started being super aggressive and I had that mindset and this is going to sound crazy, but like, dude, I say it, I said it in last night's game. I say it to myself now because I don't need to engage in any of that at my age, especially now, unless someone really wants to. Um, but I say, I say it literally to my, my feet. I go, fuck you, dude. Like, it's, it sounds so unhealthy, dude. It sounds so unhealthy and it may be, dude. Imagine but someone I'm, just, Taylor, imagine someone just saw you like look at them and look at their feet like, fuck you, dude. I don't point, I don't, but dude, I'm not kidding. I'll look, I'll look at the other middle. I'll look at my feet and I'll just go, fuck 
you, bro. And I'll like, <laughs> I'll get mad, dude. I'll get mad. But you know what's crazy? And like some strange way as like a, a, an experiment, like a, I don't know, like a social experiment on myself. Cause I'm always experimenting with stuff. I'll tell you what, bro. It just works. It works for me. It works. And sometimes I can, I can do it in my head, but when I'm verbal about it, when I'm like out loud about it, you can call it uh, what's the word manifestation or something, dude, whatever. Like when I'm out loud about it, it's like, daddy's got you, bro. I say to Josh last night, like fourth and fifth set, I was like, fucking set me the ball, dude. Said it just like that. Set me the fucking ball. You know, Uh, I'm sorry for swearing. I'm like, bro, I'm I'm sorry. I told you I'd stop swearing as much, but I'm just trying to be honest. That's what I said, dude. And that's, that's what, that's what I say sometimes, you know? And, and I found, luckily, I think as I've gotten older, I found that like, that's okay. It's okay to express that part of me that exists in the game, but let's make sure it doesn't bleed into off the court. And that's what I learned in Shamont is it started to bleed off the court where I started like feeling like, and I was playing really good. So I had all this momentum of like, oh, this shit's working, dude. Like I'm pissed. I come in there angry. I come in there like, I'm going to prove something. I'm going to bomb serves. Like, like I'm coming in hot. And then I started noticing I was really distancing myself from players. I didn't feel like we're giving that same energy or effort. I started not wanting to like hang out with guys because I was just, and I'm always very independent and doing my thing, but like I started to get very distant from everyone else. And I feel like this is so cool. This is the best part of aging, man. I feel like I'm bringing it back now where it's like, hey, it's okay. That exists inside you. Be that guy. My example, the guy I looked up to was Max Holt. He is not that guy. Max Holt is like the absolute cucumber of all volleyballs. He is just the chillest dude, fresh out the fridge, just like <clears throat> no huge emotion. He's just doing his thing, baby. He's just doing his job. And he's one of the best in the world. And I, for and David Smith's another guy. He's a little more emotional, but like those are guys I looked up to, you know, that I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to be chilled. I'm going to bounce a ball and nothing of it, bro. All good, you know? But what I noticed is when I didn't play good and I was chill, I was like, oh, I got blocked. Like, fuck, all right. Like, all right. And I started like embodying some of that, like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe it's okay to not be good tonight. Or maybe like, oh, it's not my night. Maybe I just won't be good. And without realizing like, actually, if you can tap into that anger for me or, or whatever you want to call it, I'm not mad at the person I'm playing, you know, but like, if I got to fake some of that to boost myself up, it's like, I've actually had now live experience in my own life where it worked, where maybe the first two sets last night, first two sets, wasn't serving first set specifically. I missed my first two serves, dude. And I finished the fourth and fifth set bombing, bro. Bombing daddy's dirty little hybrid, you know, like bombing serves. And a part of that was just like, like, fuck you, bro. I'm bombing this, dude. If, if At the and, feet, baby. At the feet. You know, like, it's like now I have luckily the experience of knowing, okay, this toss isn't good. I need to roll it. It's too far in front of me. I got to float it. But I'm like, yo, if you put that in that, if you put that in the window, like, go get it, baby. It's your life, baby. Go get it. You know? And that's how I feel, dude. And, and I'm telling you, like. It, I, I learned a lot from that experience in Shamont and I'm, I'm still trying to harness it. Um, but I, I think having a little bit of, I don't know. I'm curious from you guys, like, do you guys get that way? Like, Joe, is that a part of your yeah. success or gauge? Like, do you, do you have some of that? What does that look like for you guys? Oh, for sure. For me, for sure. Punch ground a few times. The, for me, Micah and I have this bad habit. We both do this and we didn't notice we both did it and where we like, half punch ourselves in the in the side of the if <laughs> we do something dumb we just do this always dude i started this doing this yesterday but i do that or like you just like yeah yell at yourself oh i that's milan always used to make fun those of eastern I yell european at myself. stuff those are eastern yeah, european yeah. stuff or yeah <laughs> you just say but, s- serve stuff in serving no and nobody knows or in the u.s they don't know over here they know 
I still, <laughs> dude, I still, when I go back to serve, I still say, uh, I say directly to the ball, idemo bebo. And then I, when mm. I turn around, I say, drive ball sine. I still say drive that every ball. day. <clears throat> and that's just like Milo. Just like I say, just like him, baby. Because that's how <laughs> I hear it in my head, you know, and I say it out loud. Drive well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really Lay curious because uh, I, I'm really, uh, well, I guess what I'm curious about in you is like, like, how do you make switches when you're, like, have you ever had times where you're just like trying to keep it chill or maybe you're trying to have a certain style or you have a certain style and then it's like, yo, what are you going to do? Or do you just naturally like, cause you know, for example, I just had Bruno, he's going to, that podcast will be released on Tuesday. I just did a podcast with Bruno and he's Sick. someone to me. That's just like, he's that greasy grinder, you know? And he even talked yeah. about like, he doesn't have the best hands in the world, but dude, he's covering balls. He's diving for balls. And like he showed, and he talks about um, why that was and Sergio, this libero legendary libero that you guys know that yeah. inspired him to live like that and to be like that and i think it's his story is so cool um but i i uh he actually inspired me in doing that podcast i was like that's how i need to show up bro i'm gonna be the cover god now in the middle i'm gonna be there like i got you baby get blocked i got you you know and like i feel like as i've gotten older it's so easy to lose some of that because i'm like i've been doing this long enough you know where i'm just like I don't know. It's like, I don't get excited by bouncing the ball because it's like, that's what daddy does, baby. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm curious for you, Joe. And for you, Gage, like, what is that? What is that like for you guys? Like, do you have your style or ways to get yourself out when you're not playing well? Um, I think for me, it's always like the mentality on defense has been something that like was instilled in <laughs> us at a young age. So like, just like crazy, like defense and go and going on everything. Um, and our coach describes it now. He describes it like hair on fire, which is a good way to describe it. But mm. that's just something from a really young age we had. And so when we have that intensity, I think it's like from a competitive standpoint, it's difficult for us to feel like we come out of it like, oh, we had a bad match. Just because like when our competition like levels there, which is we, we just always feel like we have a chance to compete no matter what level, you know, our settings at that day or what level our servings at. It's because we figure out like a way to – win or at the end of the day and that's something that we've been that i feel like gage and i we like have at a young age um playing like doubles together playing all, all sorts of different types of volleyball and like being in competitive sports or all our life um <clears throat> something that we like bring to deal especially when we play on the same team it's like a certain intensity that we like demand out of everybody like on the court too and so when that Wait, let me let me interrupt you really quick do you feel like uh when you play against another setter, do you feel like, is it personal to you at all? Or do you no, not even notice no, it? No, everything's against the other middle more so. I, mm. Other middles, like that's more so for me. Like I don't even like really pay attention to what the other setter's doing. That's interesting. To be honest. Yeah. I think for me, it's more so about the other blockers and middles. And now it's more so even against outsides because different outsides in our league defend our team differently. Hmm. And so it's understanding like what situations they can I, do different stuff in. Can I add on that from a libero perspective? Sometimes I do take it personal, like from libero to libero, because it's like so specialized <laughs> and it's like, you know, I'm making plays here and there. But it's also a lot of time I realize that sometimes I I didn't I didn't realize this till lately actually. So I can get really personal with like some of their servers, like their best server or someone who's gotten the best of me. Yo. There's a server like sometimes like they'll be like. Oh, he'll get the best of me for like one match, and and like my mind, I'm like, oh, this is what he thinks of me. Like I can imagine them in video being like, oh, let's just go after this guy, and you know, this will, you know, what I'm saying, or this or this or this. And in my mind, that fires me up. I'm like, this guy thinks you're a loser. This guy thinks you're no one. He has no respect for you. The whole team has no respect for you. <laughs> Dude, what's the, what's it. the guy's name? I I'm, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. He's such a legend. He plays. He's Poland national team libero for a long time. 
Um, just, um, Gage, Zdorsky? you should be embarrassed if you don't know his name. Zdorsky. Uh, maybe. Shit, maybe. Yeah, he's a starting libero, yeah. In Warsaw right now. Yep. Uh, Wait, no, no, no. He's not in Warsaw. Okay, no, that's the guy. You're I'm talking about a different man. guy. You're talking about the, the third string now. I forget his name, but he's third string for Polish national team. Are you sure? The guy, no, the guy that's just just Skrebski, however you say, is the second string, and okay. that guy's a third string. Last year okay. he wasn't. Last year he was. He, well, he's team. been with the national team forever, bro, as a libero. Yeah. Anyways, that guy we just played. We just played Warsaw. He's the guy that like you, you serve. It's out of bounds. He doesn't even look behind him. He looks straight at you. He goes. He was doing some weird <laughs> shit to me, and he, we have we have, like, a decent relationship, so it's like it's funny, you know. But he's like always, bro. Like always. In fact, one time I. In the friendly game before the season started, uh, one of my favorite tips you talked about earlier, things that aren't utilized a lot, is when, because you do get so much help from that pin blocker, uh, is seeing him jump with you and tipping the ball short in four as a middle. Um, and most, especially if the middle has just served the ball, it's like a guaranteed kill. Um, but <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, we hate on middles too, baby. You know, we love them and we hate them. Um, no, but the, he, as a libero, he just, he saw it coming and he did it. And I tipped it super short and he, he dug it and like stared at me as he was like sliding and digging the ball and instantly was staring at me like, bro, I, I, I love it. I love when liberos get, take it personal. Cause your position is so specific, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's really cool. You have to, to. to add on that. I know Gage got uh, some closing stuff. But what you were just speaking about with the middles, it was just a funny, funny note. Milan, every single time I was front row and a middle was serving, every single time in a match, he'd go, Choksy! <laughs> he'd like dump the ball <laughs> every time a middle served. He'd, be, he'd yell it every time I was front row and dude, a middle was serving. It works. In middles are hands down the worst defenders <laughs> on the planet, dude. <laughs> hey, would it be real about yourself? And with that being said, to any to our viewers or listeners out there, if anything that Taylor has said on this podcast is the right way to go about volleyball, you know, he's been, he's been playing for a long time, been through the ups, been through the downs, been in the middle, right? And look at it. Like, like you said, wow, looping back around middle. as you're aging, baby. I love that. Taylor, I just want to say thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. I want to plug you really quick. Tallest podcast on earth, link below. And Middles Academy, link below. Drop in today. Yeah, Can I plug th- myself really quick? Do you guys mind? I don't mean to, but I Absolutely. just released it today, so I'm get super after excited it. about it. <clears throat> okay, first of all, tallest podcast on earth. Come check it out. It's not as cool as Out of System Podcast, um, but I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to do something <laughs> that's like half as like dope as what you guys are doing. I just want to actually plug you really quick and say I love that you started this. You guys are also <laughs> an inspiration for me and just like continuing to remind myself how cool it is to like start community and build stuff and have merch and like get people stoked on volleyball. That's what it's all about. So I love that you guys, to me, are an inspiration for doing that. Um, so tallest podcast on earth, check it out if you want. Uh, otherwise middleblockeracademy.com. I just finally finished it. And, uh, look, the reason I feel so excited to plug it is man, it's like when I created this course, it's like, no one's paying me to do this. You know, it does cost money. The first month, black Friday sale, 25 bucks for your first month, baby. Woo. Good man, baby. <clears throat> but like, dude, no one paid me to put Steel. all the time and thought into like, breaking down everything from like literally where to stand in certain rotations. And it's crazy that I was like, why would I make a video on this? And I started working with kids one-on-one and I was like, these kids are standing at the net. Why is their coach telling them to stand at the net? And then they have to waste so much energy trying to make it to the middle of the court and then being late. I was just like mind boggled. I was like, no, you need to stand at the 10 foot line. You need to speak to your uh, receivers behind you, make sure they can see the ball. And if they serve short, that's you, baby. If you shank it your first 30 times, I don't care. We need you taking that ball because that's your responsibility. Own it, you know? 
And so I went from like every, breaking literally everything down and I'm constantly adding new videos. I'm like so hyped, dude, because I, as a middle, had no one to look up to when I was a kid in terms of like being a middle. And I was lucky enough to actually to have a mentor who believed in me, who paid for my first uh, club season at Bay to Bay Volleyball, my first year ever playing. We couldn't afford it. I had a coach who paid out of pocket for me because he believed in me. And I'll never Jeez. forget him. His name's Ryan Georges. I'll never forget you, bro. And like, that's what I'm trying to do now is like, how can I give a resource that's like reasonably priced for all kids in the world to hopefully like come and feel a part of a community and learn, ask questions. I'll make videos on them. We discuss together once a month, like, dude, I'm just so hyped. And like I said before, it's like, it's so easy to get distant from the rest of the world when you're just oh, playing yeah. professionally, you know? And so like, I'm sure you guys feel this too. When you get a message and someone's, you know, I don't know, they send you a picture of them and like naked in their bathtub with your beanie on, like you guys get hyped <laughs> up, dude. Oh, and I like, love that. that I think going. it's... I think it's so cool. It gets me going too, dude. And uh, that's what I'm trying to also be a part of. I'm trying to be a part of the noise. I'm trying to be a part of the fun. And uh, yeah, so go check it out. If you're a middle, if you're a coach who wants to learn about it, contact me. I'm also going to close the doors too because uh, I'm going to like close the doors, reopen it in the future because I do want to keep it tight. I want to keep it um, like really personalized and uh, I want it to feel like a cool community for all those dull dorky giraffes out there mm. who, uh, you know, want to understand what the mind of Joe is like, you know? And in fact, Joe, I'd love to have you on there so we can understand setters, dude. I think that stuff is super cool. Like us even discussing it. I, when I had Bruno on my podcast, I asked him like, Hey, when setters look over, like, is that bullshit? Like what's going on with that? Cause I got my opinion on <laughs> it, you know, but I want to hear from you guys. Like, you know, like I, I think it's cool to be vulnerable like that, to share those secrets so we can continue to expand and grow the game for the future. I think that's just the coolest thing man so that's all that's it i guess sorry i talked to absolutely and 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 to wrap up what you just said hop up hop on the daddy train listen to tallest podcast on earth and middlesacademy.com we'll put all the link in the bio and by next podcast we're gonna have taylor here and add some beanie add some socks and with that being said if you can't handle the heat goddamn kitchen this has been another episode presented by out of system